Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. I hope that you're having a wonderful day so far. I decided today's going to be a bit of an experiment with this episode because... I quite often will stop, start, stop, start, try again. And I actually was a guest on an episode yesterday where I allowed myself to be a little bit more imperfect in that I obviously wasn't, I was a guest on the episode, so I couldn't edit anything out that I was saying. And to be honest, the conversation just flowed a lot nicer and I felt a lot more um, relaxed, if you will. I didn't feel like I had to be perfect. And something that you'll probably notice when you listen to this podcast is that I don't typically edit out if I've stumbled over my words or if I've said the wrong thing. And this is all part of a conscious effort to be a little bit more unfiltered and raw. And part of that also is just showing up and saying what I can say in the best way I know how. And quite often I find that I get stuck in cycles of perfectionism and ultimately find this to be quite paralyzing because I'm always coming back and kind of editing myself. And I've talked before about how, of course, to some extent, to be able to simmer with ideas and, you know, express them when I feel like I'm ready to, that doesn't necessarily mean that when I do show up and express myself, it has to be 100% perfect, if that makes sense. Because ultimately, the best that I can do in this moment is share where I'm at right now. And I can, you know, sit back and plan the best that I possibly can and script everything out the best that I possibly can. But I really do feel like that's not what this show is about. And hopefully, that is felt that you know, the intention of this show is not to be perfect and we're actually trying to work our way through some of that perfection and overcome that. And I've just been thinking about that a lot and about the ways in which I feel super passionate about showing up, expressing myself, experimenting, trying new things, but how oftentimes this need to try new things in such a way that is completely perfect can actually hinder my experience and make me stop really enjoying that and if I think about all the things that I've done in my life it's that phase where I feel like I'm focusing on being perfect and getting it completely right that I actually start to get kind of almost resentful of the thing that I'm doing and I'm really excited to talk about that next week we're going to talk a little bit more about being a multi-passionate person and what it means to you know, feel like you're called to experiment in this life because that's something I'm coming more and more to terms with. And as I mentioned, I was a guest on a podcast yesterday and we talked about this a lot. I will share that podcast when it's live. It was with my friend Jacqueline Sun. She was actually a part of my mindfulness for stress and anxiety program. And we also did a few mindfulness sessions together. So it was really cool to see that journey come full circle and now being able to speak with her on her podcast. She talks a lot about astrology and a little bit about human design. We chatted a bit about that. And it's kind of interesting because I've said before that I am not really an expert in any of those topics, but it was really interesting to sit down with her and hear from her perspective as someone who has studied astrology and works with people in relation to their astrological makeup. It was really interesting to hear her perspective on my chart 
and we chatted through it and I kind of shared with her where I'm at with everything and she said that it very much is in alignment with what she was seeing showing up on my chart. So once again, and we discussed this in the episode, I I align with meaning making systems like astrology and human design not in a way that I allow them to necessarily dictate my life or I need to only be making decisions based on what I'm seeing within my charts. I more so like to use these tools as a way of empowering me to, you know, even have a little bit more permission to lean into these things that I'm feeling and then seeing that show up in my chart and recognizing that perhaps there is nothing wrong with me even though I feel at odds with the traditional archetype of what's expected of me. So that's just a little preview of that episode that she'll be releasing. As I said, if we're connected on social media, I'll share that when it comes out. But ultimately, this conversation got me thinking about what it means to be someone who is multi-passionate and doesn't necessarily feel like they fit into a traditional linear one kind of track path and so I'll be talking a little bit about that next week but this week we'll kind of be touching on that a little bit in that a big part of what I've realized about myself is that I'm someone who loves to experiment and try new things. I've talked numerous times about how my inner child really connects with a sense of curiosity and almost to some extent when things become, I mentioned this earlier, when things become a little bit more familiar, I actually feel called to shake things up. And I will say that this is a balancing act for me because I think in some ways I've not allowed myself to feel comfortable in certain situations because I always have this need to shake things up and then it becomes almost like an addiction to change and that has definitely gotten you know me into situations where I feel very ungrounded and I do recognize for myself that a balance of having structures and containers in place that make me feel safe and secure at this time in my life do serve me and But at the same time, being able to show up as someone who loves to experiment and experience new things without this need to always be seen as a master, if that makes sense, because I think that we get really attached to being perfect and then we don't allow ourselves to be seen trying, if you will. So essentially today... The whole theme of this conversation is why are we so afraid to be seen trying? And this was sparked a few weeks ago. If we're connected on TikTok, you will have seen that I've started talking about this a little bit. And someone from this community actually sent me a video going back about a month ago um, from this creator who was talking about this idea of fear of being seen trying. And this really got me thinking about how the fear of ultimately embarrassment and rejection and failure when we're seen trying something new prevents us from ever being able to experience the joy and the childlike experience of trying new things. There have been so many things that I've wanted to try over the years that I've felt too embarrassed to or held back by fear because I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not skilled enough or I don't have a right to be there. And I think that there definitely is an energy that other people put out who are involved in certain activities that can be perpetuating this experience of feeling fear to try something new. It's almost like the you know the cool girls club of a certain hobby or sport I do feel like sometimes there's this energy of oh you don't have a right to be here because you aren't you know an expert etc but I also think at the same time a lot of it is self-imposed and if we can realize that a lot of the time although there will be people who like I mentioned might be judging us or might be feeling like it's inconvenient that we're taking up or occupying space within their hobby I do feel like most people aren't really paying attention and don't care at least not to the extent that we think they do and so ultimately we prevent ourselves from being able to experience new things and that's basically what we're going to be talking about today because I think it's really important 
to be able to experience, especially if you're someone like me who feels such a calling and such a pull and it's such a part of my design and my authenticity to be experimenting and experiencing new things. So I really do have to prioritize overcoming that debilitating fear of embarrassment and how I do that is through just practicing trying new things and feeling each time that oh this isn't so bad people aren't really looking at me and even if they are does it really impact my ability to enjoy this activity since I started this mini series on tiktok about trying new things and allowing myself to move through the fear of embarrassment I've received so many comments so many people resonating with my experience especially women and I I think that this conversation is going to be really important if you do feel that pull to try something new. So I'm really looking forward to having it. And just to share a little bit more about what we're going to kind of be talking about. First off, I just want to talk about a little bit more. I kind of touched on this already, but how we see this fear showing up and then why we do that from a personal perspective as well as a societal perspective. Then I want to talk through why it can be really beautiful and supportive to begin to work through and let go of this fear and how that can really start to change and transform the way that we experience the world. And then some specific action steps that we can take to let go because this is a question I got a lot was, you know, it feels unnatural to me to try new things because of this fear, but what are some action steps that I can take to actually begin to live in this way? And then at the end, as always, I want to share a few of the activities that I'm trying, that I'm actively trying or want to try in the future. And I also asked you what you're going to be trying, so I'll share those as well. Now, before we get into it, I want to provide a little definition for what I mean by the fear of being seen trying. I feel as though it's pretty well understood, but I just want to clarify that what I mean by this is essentially when we think about people's life path, oftentimes we see the beginning and then we see the end. So a lot of the people that we glorify in society from athletes to scholars to you know people who are successful in their career, we see them quite often. The visibility is at their final destination or perhaps a phase of mastery. We don't really see that phase that it took for them to get there. So then we almost have this illusion that they were born this way, their path to success was easy, or any number of things that we can feel that make us feel even further alienated or incompetent or incapable of ever achieving even close to the level of success that they have achieved because we haven't seen the path and therefore if we can't relate to the final destination and we don't see the path it just feels like we could never see ourselves getting there whereas when we're a little bit more open and we're allowing ourselves to be seen trying maybe there will be other people that will see that experience and then also be able to identify with that and that's why I think it's really important to be open if you feel as though you have the capacity to do so about things like mental health and different areas of your life where perhaps you aren't in a place of quote-unquote mastery or in the place that you want to be but still you allow yourself to be vulnerable in that kind of messy middle phase. That's another reason also why I've been very passionate and purposeful with being open with my career path because I find this showing up a lot in relation to things like entrepreneurship. I hear a lot of conversations happening online of, you know, people not being happy in their corporate job, which don't get me wrong, I can definitely relate to. And then a lot of folks who are glorifying the path of quitting your job and becoming an entrepreneur, but they're not really sharing a lot about what it actually looks like to do that. And so I think even for myself, the reality of the situation of leaving your job and then you know, going down a different path was quite different from, let's say, the image that the way that it's per- portrayed on social media, which I think ultimately the outcome here is that folks who 
do go down this path, myself included, and then maybe they don't feel that instant success or that overnight success feel like a failure because they've made this big life change or this big transition. And we can think about this in so many different ways. I felt this when I moved across the country or when I went traveling. I, you know, let's just use the example of me moving across the country. I moved from Ontario to BC. The outward image of this is very, you know, I'm so glad I made this move. This is amazing. You know, the, the kind of final destination of being settled in a place. But I didn't see as many people. And don't get me wrong, at the time, I wasn't really being open about this myself. But I didn't see many people talking about the loneliness that is felt when you make that kind of change or the transition away from being close to your family and how challenging that is and accepting that not everything is perfect because I also feel like there's this element of when we've made a big life transition or we're trying something new that it has to be perfect and so we aren't willing to be open and vulnerable about the parts of it that are challenging and so that all kind of ties into the conversation that we're going to be having today and provides a little bit more of a foundation of what I mean by the reality of being seen in this messy in-between and not feeling like we have to be at a final destination in order to have anything meaningful to say or meaningful to contribute. At every point of our journey, we have value and we have the ability to connect with others because most likely if we're feeling a certain way, other people are. Okay, so let's get into how we see this fear of being seen trying showing up in our lives i would say the most obvious example and the one that i've been speaking about often on social media is when we're trying new things such as physical activities sports hobbies or anything in that domain what i was alluding to earlier of this kind of bullying energy of people who are you know quote-unquote masters in a certain domain I think that will always exist, but for a long time, that kind of energy really put me off trying new things because I was highly, highly aware and attuned of it, and I think I would allow that to stop me from trying new things. So if you don't know what I'm referring to, I'll give you an example. I have been going skiing, and I'm not necessarily just starting off. I've kind of dabbled in it over the years I skied a little bit growing up and then since I've moved out west I've you know skied a little bit as well but I would still more or less consider myself a beginner to an intermediate skier so the other day I'm on a chairlift with two strangers and they were just kind of complaining I couldn't remember what the context was but they were complaining about beginners and obviously they probably didn't weren't aware of the fact that I too was a beginner so I kind of just felt embarrassed but then after reflecting on it I just I just felt more I guess upset that that type of attitude deters people from trying because how can you ever expect to get to a place of being in the position that you as someone who's criticizing beginners is in if you don't start. I think we should be celebrating the beginner's experience and if we are masters in certain areas or domains of life, we should be celebrating that people are showing up and wanting to participate in something that has brought us so much joy. I think that that is such a more inclusive and dynamic attitude then there's only space for people who are experts in this field because that just doesn't leave any room for newness and for people to join into the community that you've been able to enjoy so much so i do find that that attitude is a deterrent and i also see this showing up in so many different ways in creative hobbies and i'm not saying every single person who is an expert or a master in every field has this attitude that's not the case at all but for me personally i i think the insecurity of being seen as an imposter or a beginner made me hyper aware and hyper attuned to these type of people and so i would kind of blow that out of proportion in my head and then once again use that that as an excuse not to try. And like I said, I've seen this showing up in so many different areas of my life, whether that's creative pursuits to 
different outdoor activities. And what I've been able to experience over the years of actually just moving through this fear and just trying these these activities that I've felt compelled to try is that you do actually have quite a few people in those communities who are lovely and accepting. And those are the people that I want to seek out and that I want to gravitate towards because they're open and welcoming. So all that to say, that is one area that I definitely feel that showing up for is sports and hobbies. And then there's, of course, the other side of things within that domain of physical activities of the kind of fear of embarrassment of not having the physical competence to do something. An example of this is my partner and I and a couple of friends went rock climbing and physically I was like burnt out after like 20 minutes. It was a bouldering wall and I physically couldn't really do the activities. Then of course that felt kind of embarrassing and cringy, but I was able to just shift my attitude to this is the level of that I'm at right now. And in order to get to any further level of progress, I have to be willing to try. And so on one hand, like I said, that fear of being seen as a beginner. And then on the other side, that feeling of physically not being competent to do something, um, those can be real hindrances to ever really trying. The other area I really see this showing up in is career path. And I've talked about this many times and I'm going to talk more in depth about this next week when I talk about being multi-passionate and some of the shame and you know embarrassment that comes along with that. But for the purpose of this conversation, I just want to share that the, the attitude of trying and experimenting and how that fits into career path, I personally feel is not very well because, you know, the expectation, at least in my eyes, is that you try one thing and then that's it. And the narrative surrounding trying numerous things is quite often negative. It's quite often seen as impulsive or irresponsible or disorganized or you're seen as a flight risk and really there's no room for celebrating and allowing people to try and experiment and how that looks on a resume. So that's definitely one part of it is that fear of I don't want people to see me as someone who is any of those things that I just mentioned and also this fear of oh well if I you know put myself out there in this way let's say I experiment with being a blogger and then I don't stick with that well then I've failed and then everyone has seen me fail and that's embarrassing so once again we have many of us these callings and these desires to try something and as children, I think we we allowed ourselves and oftentimes we were allowed to try everything, to try new things. You know, many times we were encouraged to try different sports to see which one we liked. And, and then there becomes this phase where, okay, now you've found the thing and you're going to stick with it because that's what you need to do in order to be successful. And I think that that mentality is what trips a lot of us up who are feeling called to experiment and try new things. And so a good example of this for me, and I'm sure if any of you are on social media, you could relate to this experience that is this judgment towards folks who are trying to make something of themselves perhaps on social media, trying to establish a presence on social media. For some reason, that, because I think it's the most visible to anyone, you know, if you're trying out a new career and no one's really watching you do that, that's one thing. But one of the most visible examples of trying in relation to career or even if it's just a hobby would be if you're trying to do that with 
eyes on you, i.e. on social media. For me, for a long time, I didn't want any of what I was doing to be seen by specifically people that I knew. So, you know, it's it's okay for me to be putting myself out there on social media to strangers, but the people that are seeing me as trying because people who don't know me think oh like this is what she's always been doing whereas people who know me see the effort that's going into and see the perhaps change that I'm trying to make and so that is also something that factors in is this element of people seeing you as one version of yourself and then the transition that occurs as you step into a new chapter and how we really don't want that transition to be seen. It's one thing if people see you once you actually do get to the point that you want to be at, but what about that in-between point? And like I said, I've just felt this very much with social media and ultimately the thing that I'll say is anytime that I've allowed myself to listen to that fear and be guided by staying small and you know worrying about the perception of others I've felt a lot of internal friction and tension and anxiety because I feel like I'm stopping myself from really just stepping into what I'm feeling called to do. So now I want to talk a little bit about why it is that we actually do this. Why do we allow ourselves to be guided by this fear of embarrassment and why do we keep ourselves stuck in these cycles of staying small, not allowing ourselves to move through different seasons and different changes and being so attached to the idea that we have to only be seen once we're in a place of mastery or perfection. I've briefly touched on each one of these, but I want to get into them a little bit more in more detail and depth. And that way, if any one of these resonates with you, you can kind of do your own reflection on why that is that you are in that cycle. And so the first one is perfectionism. And I think perfectionism is something that is hardwired into many of us at a very young age because we are praised for positive outcomes and not so much for anything other than that we aren't really ever applauded for again that messy middle or that experimentation but we're very often applauded and rewarded for the final outcome and more so if the outcome is closer to that level of perfection Hello, I hope that you're enjoying this episode so far. I just wanted to jump in and say that if anything you're hearing in this episode is resonating, I have a ton of resources for taking this journey a level deeper. When I first started this brand, I got thousands of comments and DMs on social media from folks who resonated with my experience of feeling disconnected from myself and wanted to know how I began living in alignment with my authentic self. I spoke with so many people who felt confined by the judgments, expectations, and conditions of others, who didn't feel worthy of putting themselves first and prioritizing their own needs, and who found themselves following someone else's plan for their lives. I wanted to save others the time, energy, and effort of having to navigate this process alone. And I wanted to provide a clear step-by-step process for getting in alignment with authenticity and accessing the freedom, wholeness, and power of reconnecting with and fully accepting yourself. And that's why the Authenticity Roadmap exists. This is one of my most affordable offerings, but if you're looking for a free place to start, then you can also check out the Authenticity Quiz. It's a research-backed quiz which will help you to get a general sense of the extent to which you are living in alignment with your authenticity. You can find both links in the show notes. Okay, now back to the episode. So quite often, perfectionism leads us to be very controlling of the way that we show up in various ways of our lives and feel internally a sense of shame when how we show up is not perfect um, and we fear what other people will think if we show up as imperfect. You know, I made a spelling mistake in my Instagram post the other day and I had to just kind of let that go because ultimately I'm not here to be perfect. I'm here to experiment and put myself out there. And if the way I feel now is if a spelling mistake or me stumbling over my words in my podcast puts someone off of me, then that person probably wasn't meant to be in this space anyways, because this is a space where we're celebrating the journey and we're celebrating the messiness and we are connecting through that messiness. 
So the next one is, like I said, we are obsessed with the end result and not the journey. We don't want to show ourselves learning, trying, failing, and experimenting. We want to show ourselves at the top of the mountain, almost as though we're saying, ta-da, like, here I am, I've arrived. And like I mentioned, when we do this and when we see other people do this, all of us have a skewed perception of what it actually took to get there. And we feel alienated in our own process because we didn't see the climbing of said mountain and we didn't see the struggles that came along with that. We didn't see the stumbles. So then when we stumble and when it takes us a little bit longer than we expected, we compare ourselves to someone who has already gone through that experience and is at a completely different phase of evolution. And the reality is, is although we're seeing someone at the top of the mountain, they're probably working towards a new summit. And they themselves are probably comparing themselves to people that are at higher levels. And the reality and the lesson here is that this comparison process and this looking ahead and seeing people who are at that final destination that perhaps we feel called to, that will never end. Even when, at least in my opinion, even when we get to the place that we thought we wanted to be in, then we're just setting a new a new site. And I'm not necessarily saying that forward thinking and establishing a vision for yourself is bad, but I'm saying this attachment of how the journey needs to look and this pressure that we put on ourselves for it to be perfect and to not have any stumbling, it oftentimes can just stop us from even trying and it can lead us to self-sabotage or just check out because once again, if we're comparing ourselves to someone at the top of the mountain, we feel poorly about ourselves when we are not there yet. Another reason I feel that we do this is because ultimately we can be guided by feedback loops. We are reading our environment and based on the feedback that we're receiving, we're making judgment calls about what is and isn't safe for us. A big part of safety, especially in our early life, is our relational bonds that we have with others. So whether that's our caretakers, our peers, our teachers. So anything that we are reading our environment and seeing that that could compromise our relational ties with those folks, we could actually interpret that as being unsafe. So let's say, for example, you felt that getting good grades was essential in order to receive love and approval from your parents or even your teachers or your peers. You will then interpret anything other than that, perhaps, so let's say a bad grade, as unsafe because it could compromise your relational bonds and ultimately even threaten your survival. So coming back to this feedback loop, when we're highly, highly praised for positive outcomes and achievements, so for example, good grades, career success, athletic success, but then judged or even condemned rejected for anything that is less than perfect, we can learn that that is unsafe and we ultimately develop a fear and a protective mechanism to avoid having that experience. Another big one for me is putting ourselves into a box that dictates what we can and can't do. So for example, if you're X type of person, you don't engage in X type of activity. Slowly over time, our view of ourselves becomes narrower and narrower as opposed to expansive. And we don't allow ourselves to imagine what it would be like to try activities outside of this standard set of what's expected of us. And then the last thing that I think hinders us from trying new things and leads us to have this fear of being afraid to be seen trying is that bullying energy that we might be attuned to that people are watching us and judging us and there are always going to be a group of people within every activity in every domain that are not accepting and not celebratory of beginners but the message here is more so that you know accepting that that exists and it, i believe it always will that is outside of our control but we can't allow that to stop us from trying we can recognize that 
the best that we can do is have our own back and not add to the shame that we might already be feeling when we go into something new. Um, but not denying that that is out there and that exists and that is inevitable. I do find that over time, I start to care less and less about that type of attitude. But in the beginning, I definitely think in the beginning of any new activity that I try, I'm very aware and very conscious of this. So now I want to move into briefly why it's important for us to let go of this mentality. So the first thing is, trying new things is fun. Like that's the whole joy in my opinion of life. Playing, trying, sucking at things can actually be really fun, I think. I think we believe quite often that mastery is going to make us enjoy something more. My attitude is actually sometimes it's the opposite because it kind of once again narrows our ability to experience new possibilities and it's not to say that being an expert or mastering something is a bad thing but there is an element of coming with fresh eyes and having this kind of childlike worldview that there are so many different possibilities for ourselves and how fun and exciting that can be another reason why it's important to move through this fear is being stuck in a cycle of feeling inspired or called to do something and then not doing that. I've talked many times about how that creates a lot of tension and buildup and resentment. And in my opinion, that's just not an enjoyable way to live. I would rather deal with the discomfort of, you know, maybe people are judging me for having quote unquote failed or deal with the discomfort of perhaps being embarrassed than never actually trying and dealing with that discomfort. For me, it's... Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's essential that I try. Another thing is from a more physiological perspective, when we try new things, for example, we try new languages or, you know, engage in new creative hobbies, we are, we are actually building new neural pathways in our brain. So when we seek novelty and try things that we are a beginner at, we're really building connections in the brain, increasing the activity within those connections and you know, that's kind of the beauty of the learning process is you'll notice that at times things feel a little bit agitating when we're first trying them. And then we start to build and strengthen those neural pathways and things become a little bit more natural and automatic. And so from that perspective, it's good for you. The other thing is there's a deep connection, in my opinion, with our inner child and our authenticity when it comes to this experience of trying new things so we can reflect back and think about some of the things that brought us joy in childhood and if we're not actively engaging in those activities then perhaps we need to revisit them which would mean that we would be a beginner and we would be perhaps seen trying but when we deny ourselves 
in the present moment of things that brought us joy in childhood because we're afraid of looking bad, we we aren't allowing ourselves to tap into that creative energy and that childlike experience. And what I've experienced from beginning to tap into it is a lot of joy, a lot of freedom of expression, a feeling of just peace with myself because I'm honoring those things that brought me joy that perhaps I shut out because of, you know, what society told me or any number of reasons. Ultimately, I think what this comes down to is depriving ourselves of fun and joy and play because we're obsessed with mastery. And I think we're all familiar at this point with the importance of fun and joy and play in our lives, even in small ways that we can integrate this and the impact that that has on our overall health and well-being. Anytime I see a reminder online, you know, oftentimes people will post these types of things where it's like, just a reminder to stop taking life so seriously, breathe, enjoy. I have like a full body visceral experience of, oh yeah, like, right. It feels like a reminder that I'm not here to be rigid and structured and never experience fun and joy and play, even if I look like a fool to others. That's not why I came here. And that is a really important reminder for me. Okay, so before we get into the actual steps, and these are just steps that I've taken that I'm working through, and perhaps they'll help you, I want to talk about some antidotes to the mentality of being afraid to be seen trying. So these are just little things that you can reflect on and experiment with. And the first one is that I'm okay with being average and mediocre. Ultimately, we have this attachment to being experts, and I think that takes away a lot of the joy of beginning something. So allowing ourselves to be okay with being average and mediocre. And like I said before, this might invoke some sort of reaction because if we were celebrated at an early age for excellence, being okay with being average might feel unnatural, but I think it does open up the opportunity to not need to always show up as perfect and excellent. So this ties into my second point, which is I don't need to do an activity simply to be good at it, but rather just to enjoy it for what it is. So I think a lot of the time we get attached to an outcome for a specific activity rather than just doing it for the sole purpose of doing it, enjoying it for what it is, being in the moment and not anticipating any sort of outcome or reward or achievement, if you will, or even validation, just fully engaging in it and, you know, seeing what happens. And then the third one, the third antidote, if you will, is to adopt a beginner's mindset, to approach each experience as a new opportunity to learn and grow and recognize the value of trial and error and not interpreting error or what people would call failure as a sign that you are not on the right track or that you are overall bad or wrong. Okay, so let's just recap. I always like to kind of recap what we've gone through before I actually get into some actionables. First, I just talked a little bit about how we see this mentality of I'm afraid of being seen trying, showing up. And I talked about how we see this in physical activities from sports to hobbies, as well as in our career paths. And of course, it shows up in many different areas of life, but those are the most prominent for me. Talked a little bit about why we do this, why we hold ourselves back, and why it's important to let go of this mentality. I then provided a couple of little antidotes, so things that you can reflect on and start to embody that will help you move through this fear. So if you are someone that resonates with this experience and you are looking to work through it and start to try new things, I'm going to provide a few actionable steps to start to move in the direction of new things that you want to try in such a way that won't be overwhelming and 
won't lead you to just check out and, you know, walk away from it entirely. So the first thing is in order to identify if you're not in tune or in touch already with what it is that you're feeling called to try, maybe you have this deep feeling that you want to switch it up, you want to try something new, you're feeling called to have a novel experience, but you're not quite sure what, a good place to start can be to reflect on the things that you enjoyed as a child. You may need to, or you may want to do some deeper inner child work to be able to get in touch with that because some of the feedback that I've heard and things that I've heard has been, you know, without ever really reflecting on this, and even if we have some difficult experiences that we haven't processed from childhood, when we actually think about what did I enjoy as a child, we might draw a blank. If that's the case, and we don't feel necessarily ready to dive into that, another option is just to try something that your friends are trying, see how that goes, look at a list of things online of new activities or new hobbies to try, and go with the first one that you feel called to. And then if that doesn't really resonate, try something new. It doesn't necessarily have to be activities that were deeply connected to your childhood or your you know your authentic self they can also be experiences that perhaps you've always wanted to try but you never actually did so for me one of those experiences was skateboarding and so allowing myself to experiment with that and all coming back to the theme of just playing around with what it is that you would actually like to experiment with The next one that I think is really helpful is to take note of your intention. I have tried many activities for the sole purpose of receiving validation from others. What I found is when I go in with that intention, it's not as enjoyable. I put a lot of pressure on myself and I'm just more so thinking about how I can turn this into something or, you know, receive validation from others from it. It's a very different experience when the intention is to move through the fear of embarrassment, to simply allow yourself to experiment with something new only because you want to try that for no other reason. I think that that is just a very different and more present experience, at least in my view. Another thing that can be really helpful is to try this new activity with someone that you feel comfortable with especially if it's something that might be a bit scarier to you, like skateboarding or rock climbing or skiing. I think that it can be really helpful to do that with someone you're comfortable with, do it in a group setting, or even try out a few lessons just so that you feel safe. Another important reminder is to just take note of any feelings of urgency, perfectionism, competitiveness, and simply ask whether that is enriching your experience or taking it away. So for example, I went lane swimming the other night. I grew up loving to swim and I feel really at peace when I'm swimming or in a body of water. But naturally, as I started to do it, I'm in a lane and I start competing with the person next to me. And I just started to notice how that took me out of my own body and my own experience in this kind of meditative space that I was in prior to engaging this kind of competitive energy. And then I was able to adjust and recognize that maybe right now this competitiveness can take a backseat and I can just do this for myself. And then when it comes to urgency, I just find that pushing back on this need to do it now and get good now and master it now really helps to, again, find presence in the activity and just allow that to be very enriching, not because I'm trying to immediately master it. And the other thing to be mindful of is overwhelm. If you're putting pressure on yourself to dive into a new activity in a huge way that doesn't feel sustainable to your life. So let's say you've immediately set a goal for yourself to do this new activity five times a week and you're feeling overwhelmed by that. Just pay attention and be mindful of that. At least this is something that I've found to be helpful because again, it comes back to this urgency 
this sense of urgency and this need to perfect as fast as I possibly can. And so I just, I would encourage you to be mindful of that as well. And then lastly, I have a lot of people who are looking to get comfortable with trying new things, especially alone. And when it comes to that, I think we can look at this as more of an exposure therapy process. If we are embarrassed or even scared to be seen doing an activity alone, immediately diving into doing that activity alone might work for you, but it might also be overwhelming. And so when it comes to this more iterative experience, like I mentioned, trying with someone at first that you're comfortable with, and perhaps you do want to get to a level of feeling like you are comfortable enough in that activity that you can do it alone. So when it comes to exposure therapy, I like to think of it as a ladder and there's something called the fear ladder specifically with your objective being at the top. So let's say you want to go swimming lanes by yourself and that's your end goal. What are the small, tiny micro steps that you can take that are going to make you feel safe and comfortable in working towards that goal and that will look different for everyone and how long it takes you to get to that end goal will look different for everyone and I would just encourage you not to feel rushed because I feel like when we rush that we can often just check out and it can be too much for our nervous system so the steps that I take towards that are going to be different from you and we don't need to compare where we're at because we've had completely different life experiences trust what you feel comfortable doing and then slowly work your way up to it okay so we are now approaching the part of the episode where i share the activities that i'm going to be trying i am actively trying and then a few of the ideas that you folks shared with me as well when i asked on instagram So firstly, I had touched on this earlier, swimming and skiing are two things that in the last little while I've been trying. I went skiing for the first time by myself alone the other day and that was a really fun experience and I also went swimming lanes by myself for the first time. Now I want to be clear in saying that, you know, when I post these videos, a lot of people were like, whoa, I can't believe you went swimming by yourself for the first time as a beginner. I have swum, not necessarily lanes, but I know how to swim. I would never I would never do that, and I wouldn't want anyone to put themselves in an unsafe position. So I just want to clarify that. I would never suggest going and doing something alone that you feel completely uncomfortable with, and you're putting yourself in an unsafe position. So I just want to clarify that. When it comes to swimming, I am not new to being in water. I'm also not like a lane swimmer. And it's the first time that I've done that alone. So that's kind of more what I'm referring to. And then the same goes for skiing. I am a beginner. Don't get me wrong. But it's not my first time doing it. It is my first time doing it alone. And do I feel like I'm great at it? No. And so in relation to both of those two activities, I'm more so still actively working through the fear of people perceiving me as not great at either of these activities. Other things that I'm experimenting with and I'm definitely more of a beginner here is skateboarding. I had my partner kind of teach me how and literally hold my hands while I tried for my first few times and that was about a year ago and I've come and gone in and out of it and working up to just going by myself even if I just go a little bit. So that's been really fun. Dancing and singing, you may have seen on, once again, TikTok that I started doing a little bit of dancing, dancing fitness, and oh my gosh, I find this so fun, but I'm not very good at it, so I was always kind of embarrassed to do that. And then singing, I grew up being in choirs, and I've mentioned before how there came a certain point where I didn't really feel like that was quote-unquote cool, so I gave that up. But that is definitely something that I'm feeling called to reconnect with, especially in a group setting. I think that there's energy that is unmatched. So I would love to eventually at some point find a choir that I can join. I have also been reconnecting with a lot of different creative outlets and have been open about sharing those, even though I don't feel like they're, you know, great. I'm happy to share 
hopefully every phase of that experience. So I've been drawing, using Procreate. Um, I would like to try things like pottery and just experimenting a lot more with those creative outlets. And then lastly, which is a collective experience that we're having together, if you're listening to this podcast, is this is a new form of expression and experimentation and something that I've been wanting to try and I'm allowing myself to, again, without that need to be perfect. And so that's why I do my best not to edit out, you know, every single flaw that I have and just to really sit down and enjoy it. And from what I've heard so far from your feedback, it's, you don't seem to judge me for doing so, which I really appreciate. I posted this question of what activities you are all wanting to try. And very similar to me, we had singing, a couple of people said dancing, trying new dance classes and how much joy that brought them. And I had someone say they wanted to publish, excuse me, their stories online. I think that's beautiful. And I think also when it comes to that, and I I can understand from personal experience how vulnerable and scary that can be. I had a friend who was inspired to try surfing and wanted to do that without feeling so afraid of what other people would think. And then another friend who is experimenting with sewing. And I myself have also experimented with that over the last little while. So hopefully this episode gave you a bit of inspiration in terms of activities that you can try as well as some action steps to being able to move through this fear. Ultimately, I'm really excited for us as a collective and as a community. Just the energy that I've seen being brought to what I've been talking about in relation to this fear and how many of us are in the same boat and what that means is we can support each other and we can share and we can make an impact on changing the narrative about what it means to be imperfect, try new things, and not only be seen for our mastery and our success. In doing so, In sharing that with other people, I really do believe that we are normalizing this experience and we're allowing other people to access the joy of trying new things. Just in my own experimentation with trying new things and being open about that and sharing that and allowing myself to be seen trying, I've connected with so many of you who are in the same boat, who resonate with my experience and have yourselves been inspired to do the same. So it's not to say that we have to share every aspect of our lives, but in the small ways that we can help other people to feel safe and comfortable. And if you are someone that is good in an activity, I just want to say that it goes a long way if you are inclusive of beginners and not perpetuating this experience that we're all collectively obviously having because I don't think we're alone, especially based on what I've seen so far in the reactions to these conversations. So... With that said, expect an episode next week talking a little bit more about this topic, but more in relation to being a specific type of person with a calling, with an underlying desire to experience and experiment with new things. Next week, I'll talk a little bit more about my journey as someone who is that way and trying to navigate fitting into a system that is quite linear and doesn't have a lot of room for that. Because once again, I think it's powerful to have these conversations and see if there are even small ways that we can shift within ourselves how we accept who we truly are and honoring that and not always feeling the need to push ourselves into situations that feel unnatural and uncomfortable just so that we can be validated by others. So here's to trying new things. I, once again, I'm really excited for this experience that we're all having. It feels like for those of us who are resonating with this conversation, we're in a new chapter. We're allowing ourselves to try new things. We're no longer allowing the fear within us as well as the judgment within others to control the extent to which we are able to enjoy life as a whole but specifically new activities and new experiences so here's to that i'm looking forward to seeing your journeys if you're if you're resonating this with this conversation and you're trying something new and you feel compelled to share that with me i would love to see it 
I think that we can cheer each other on and I'm excited to do so. So I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to trying new things and I will see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.